COVID. Yes. And I had to get a color-coded bracelet. Yes, like the one I'm wearing. Yes, and you know who else did that? It's the Mexican cartel. Thank you for your time, and let's go, Brandon. Okay, hello, hello, hello. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Today is Friday, July the 29th. I cannot believe we are just flying through, just flying through this year. Um, Friday the 29th, you are listening to Sheeta Rodriguez with the Secure the Border podcast. Please like and share, like and share, like and share. Get this information out there. Um, we are currently streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, Getter, uh, YouTube, Twitch, uh, Patriot TV Live. This will be uploaded a little later to Brighton Espanol. Um, and also, of course, it'll also be available on our website, securetheborder.us, under the podcast tab. And then on all of the podcast streaming services as well, shortly after uh, we are done with the live version, um, which you guys can find on iHeart, uh, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, or Google Podcast. I don't know. It's everywhere. It's, it's pretty much everywhere. Uh, Audible. So just go there and, uh, and, and like and share and share it with your friends. Uh, today, I am really excited. I'm so thankful to have the great Sheriff Doc Wigington with us. He is from Throckmorton County. Um, and I, you know, uh, Sheriff, I met you a while back. Uh, it feels like forever ago because this, this journey has just been, it's been, it's been, it's been a journey. Uh, it feels like forever ago. We met down there actually at the Del Rio Secure, Border Security Summit. Um, uh, gosh, uh, about last June. I believe it was. I, it was sometime. It's been a minute. I'll tell you, it's uh, it's 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 been a long uh, a long time and a long fight. And uh, I think um, I think both of us are tired, but we're not tired of fighting. I'll tell you that. Amen to that. And and you know, I just I, I follow I follow you. I follow Throckmorton County. Uh, you're actually not too terribly far away from where I live here in Tarrant County. Um, and, you know, one of the um, one of the things that we're trying to accomplish here with <clears throat> Secure the Border and Alliance for a Safe Texas uh, is, is to spread the awareness of how the border crisis, um, number one, these issues are not new. It's what's what is new is the massive explosion of it uh, and, and, and the problems um, are just just ravaging all of texas uh you know we titled this every town is a border town because it literally is i want the viewers to know throckmorton county isn't too far away from where i live it's in central north texas um and and we we actually did an event a while back too over there in uh, san angelo um and and i know that that was you know they're getting slammed there too san angelo midland um, I mean, everywhere, everywhere. And so I'm so thankful. I know that you've you just come back from uh, the Sheriff's Association Conference, actually up here in Fort Worth. I know you've got a busy schedule. So thank you so much for, for coming on today. If you will tell just a little bit about yourself. 
Well, you know, he said, I've been in office since 2017 here in Throckmorton, and and uh, since the border situation uh, became a crisis, and uh, it has just gone from being on the border to just expanding uh, like wildfire all over the state of Texas and all over the United States. Uh, what we're dealing with in, in Throckmorton County is the same situation that uh, is happening all across of Texas. We're seeing a, uh, a surge of, uh, of narcotics. We're seeing a surge of, uh, of you know, the, the arrest and um, the trafficking that comes through. Uh, in Young County, they just got some right next to us, some arrest uh, day before, I guess, a few days ago. But, I mean, it's just the, the, the crime that's happening on the border and the situations. Now, we're not having the bodies and things like that or, uh, that are on the borders, but... We're getting the the influx and uh, and a lot of a lot of the uh, narcotics trafficking. Our narcotics arrests have gone up. I, I would say a thousand percent going up and down the highway, and we just uh, are just dealing with that on a a, a weekly basis. And uh, the thing about rural Texas is is that we I mean we just don't have a lot of a, a lot of people. Um, we keep losing people uh, to other agencies uh, that pay higher. Um, we work a lot of hours, you know, I myself, I work uh, six, uh, 12-hour days. I, I try to take off Sunday, but I'm still on call. But I get out there with my guys and, uh, you know, I, I work patrol, I make traffic stops, I, I answer calls just like they do. And um, we, uh, we're we down uh, a couple of deputies right now, and uh, so that puts a, a lot of extra effort on um, and work on uh, myself and the guys that we have. And, uh it's a lot of time away from family, and it's but it's it's what we have to do to keep this uh, this county safe and to keep Texas safe, and it's just uh, it's just getting worse and worse and worse, and 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 in talking with some of the sheriffs at the at the border sheriffs at, at the uh, conferences that, you know you know, they're doing they're doing a for for the resources they have and the they're doing all that they can but the the surge and the amount of people that are just streaming and streaming across that border is just overwhelming to the amount of forces that that the counties can provide um it's just uh, amazing you know when you have deputies that are rounding up 1200 people at a time you know and then you turn them over to uh uh, customs and border and and they give them a citation and take them to processing and then you know then they're on their way i mean you kind of it's kind of disheartening for these guys of hey why aren't we catching these guys if they're just going to turn them loose you know i mean it's just um you've got to have a special type of person that's willing to go out there and do it every day and night knowing that that you're not going to get any backup from the federal government. You know, you're not going to get any support, you know, at all. And they're going to look at you like you're, you're doing it for nothing. And, uh, it's, it's just a shame that, uh, we have a, an administration and a president that won't step up and do his job and defend the Texas border as it's set out in the constitution. And, that's just, uh, it's a dereliction of his duty. It's a dereliction of the uh, vice president of her duty. She's supposed to be the border czar. I don't think she could point out the border if you, if you asked her to point it out on a map. I mean, um, but it's just, I mean, she went to El Paso. Well, you know, that's <laughs> not where the action is, you know. I mean, um, and now in El Paso, now, you know, they were, 
they were had stuff pretty much under control on their crossings, but now they're even asking for assistance because they've become overwhelmed. And as a matter yeah. of fact, to your point, um, we got some some information, um, you know, from two current agents over there that El Paso is now starting to process process. This is just what they're processing a thousand a day in El Paso. And for people who don't understand, like you said, they, they have different types of issues typically. And of course, the type of people that are coming over in the El Paso sector, um, you know, it, it causes a problem, but it's not, you, they don't typically see the numbers that the RGV and that now the Del Rio sector see. And now it's, it's, it's a massive influx everywhere, including El Paso. And it's not, I mean, you know, I mean, and a lot of people try to turn this into some type of race issue and uh, and something that's uh, ridiculous like that. Well, we have a citizen here that his, uh, has a family member that is on the border that is with the Texas Guard, and they rounded up, uh, uh, they were Russian, Russian nationals. They weren't uh, from any South American country. They weren't from Mexico. They were from, they were from Russia, and there was like 120 of them. I mean, I mean, tell me, uh, you know, that is a small to me a small invasion force. They were all males. They were from age 18 to 24. You know, that that is not someone that is, you know, like you see on the news, the women and children seeking refuge. That that's not what that's all about. I mean, I've been to the border uh, a few times, and I. I I've encountered very few women and children, and the people that have been uh, uh, been been captured. I was I hate to use the word captured, but I would say uh, apprehended. Apprehended, uh, but but if you want to say captured, if you want to you look at them as an invasion, then they would be captured as in be combatants. But I mean, um, it's just it is a uh, the humanitarian crisis is down there with the killings and the rapes and the children that are being left alone. I mean, I mean, it is remarkable that these counties on the border and these sheriffs that are doing their job, the bet that they're able to, to function. And they're just not, you know, just saying, you know, just not throwing their hands up. I give it to them every day and I, I take my hat off and give them credit for going to work every day because, I mean, they have a hard job and they're doing the best of their ability with the resources that they're allowed, uh, that they have, and what they can do under the Texas law. And so, and that is the one thing is that under the Texas Constitution, they're doing it to the T. Now, uh, like I said, on the other hand, the, the federal administration, uh, the federal government, you know, you know, they're not doing anything. I mean, I don't even really know why they're down there. I mean... Uh, they're in the way, you know. It's it's honest, honestly in my and this is my opinion. It's treasonous. Um, I've seen it with my own two eyes everywhere from the RGV, Roma, La Jolla, um, you know, up through the Del Rio sector and Eagle Pass, you know, um, Kenny County, uh, you know, Del Del Rio. Um, been up there to El Paso, and and hopefully we'll be making my way up there towards Terrell County. Um, the federal government in my opinion, is committing treason. They are not following the laws. And, and, and the impacts of it are far reaching. And that's that's the thing is that, you know, that while the South Texas um, and our Southern sovereign state border is is just being ravaged, um, we they're, they're not staying there. 
these 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 uh, you know the illegal aliens that are coming over, um, they're not staying in Kenny County. They're not staying in Roma or La Jolla. They're the the federal government is is, is aiding and abetting and, and spreading them throughout Texas and throughout the United States. And it's not just the number, the sheer number of apprehensions that they're getting. It's all the ones that they never encounter. Not just the gotaways, the ones that they never encounter. And then, I mean, there's so much complexity to this. But to go back to your county, how 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 what is the population of Throckmorton County? I looked it up. And, I, and but I want what's the population? It's just a, a little bit under two thousand. But we have right. nine, we have nine hundred and fifteen square miles. We have uh, U.S. Highway three eighty, which goes from border to border through Texas. We have a U.S. two eighty three, which is border to border that run right through the center of, of our county. We have drugs going north and east, and money going south and west. And that's I mean. That's what we have. I mean, and they use the back roads in rural counties and don't use the interstates because they're heavily patrolled or or used to be. And uh, everybody's tied up now. But, I mean, they use the back roads, go through rural counties in hope to avoid detection because it's easier because a lot of these counties that you're going to go through, uh, they don't have a lot of law enforcement. They're sure not going to have, you know, five or ten interdiction units working a stretch of highway. They're not going to, you know... They're gonna. It's gonna be easier for them to get to get through and get to their destination. But going back to want to talk point, go back to what you were saying about treason, is that one thing that's hard about treason is is that uh, an act of treason is aiding a, a an enemy of the of the United States. Okay, but one thing about that is that um, right now the enemy that we're dealing with is the cartels. And the cartels are classified as a criminal organization, and that you know that's hard to say that that's a uh, an enemy of the United States being a criminal organization. Now, I for years have been advocating that the cartels be classified as a terrorist organization and not a criminal organization. That way, the rules of engagement can change on the for the against these cartels. And that way, you can say that if they are aiding these cartels, then it could possibly be, in certain situations, it could be considered treason. But, but until you have a designated enemy that you're that someone is a, is going to help uh, against the United States, it's going to be hard to uh, to come with a treason charge. But uh, I've advocated for years that uh, the, the 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 cartels need to be classified as terrorist organizations, not criminal organizations, because uh, we can take the fight to them that way, like uh, we did with Pablo Escobar in the 1980s, and uh, they are a, even though they may be separate individual cartels, they are one criminal or or one terrorist organization that commits crimes, they, they commit killings, and they are not advantageous to the United States in one way or another. And and how, and obviously the the cartel is a major factor in the drug trafficking, um, and in the human and sex trafficking as well, that impacts every corner. You said something earlier about the high the main the major highways that kind of uh, allow, if you will, create the uh, the capability of Throckmorton County. Um, you know, a, a small north central uh you know uh, county in texas 
uh, a perfect drive-through, if you will, um, because they, they again, they're, they're, they're not staying along the border. Um, and I, I love the way that you said that, you know, about, and I know so many people have been trying to advocate as well um, about designating the cartel as exactly what they are, uh, because, it, it, oh boy, if people only knew how bad it really was and how much of a threat that they are to your families, um, if, if they only knew, and that's, that's what we're hoping to, to shed some light on. But, um, you know, I guess right now too, like with, with this massive influx, like, what would you, what, what would you say is something right now? Like, do you think that Texas, it, cause it has to be legal. It has to be constitutional. Right. Yes. And one, one of the things that I've kind of thrown out there and that I'm, I'm going to be pushing for um, as well is uh, the a designation of domestic terrorists here in the state of Texas, because the reality is, is that they live everywhere in every corner of Texas um, in every corner of the United States. Um, and I think like in, in the same thing, even with the federal designation, what is the benefit to that it, it, could you explain for a moment like it's not just the designation but it also allows um for certain like extra legal things right that would arm the the law enforcement agencies that would arm the sheriff's departments like yourself um you know with with extra things that they could do than to to go after them more aggressively if is that were, correct if they were uh deemed terrorist yes Oh, yeah. Well, then you bring in the Patriot Act and you bring in all those the funds of the federal government under that. I mean, there's multiple billions of dollars that could be put towards that uh, effort because, I mean, we're shipping billions of dollars over the Ukraine right now to secure their borders and uh, to fight the spread of uh, whatever they say this week. Um, <laughs> but uh, we need to send that money to our border and secure ours first, you know, in, in, in my belief. But I will say this, that, I mean, if you open up uh, and, and declare them as a terrorist organization, the amount of money that could be been from the federal government, if you get the federal government, that will act. That will act to defend the border. That's the main thing. If you get a president in there that will that will say, you know what, enough's enough, and I'm going to I'm going to defend the citizens of this United States that I've sworn to protect, sworn to protect. Then you open up the coffers of that money set aside to fight terrorism, and that money goes towards securing that border. And there is a lot of money for that that effort around be, the world to be able to. It, it it allows, and I think that's the importance of it because people may hear that. Uh, you know, declaring them as a terrorist organization or or as terrorist, um, but they may not maybe understand like why that's important, why that 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 official, you know, declaration, if you will, for lack of better words, I'm sure that there's much better terminology for that. But um, you know, uh, of declaring them as such, it, it grants the authorities, it grants the funding, it triggers, like you said, the Patriot Act, but other uh, other agencies to begin getting involved in. You know, one of the things that we hear, especially with the failed narco states, uh, you know, over there in Mexico, the Mexican army can't can't even compete 
with a lot of oh, the no. cartel that's down there. Yeah. And it really is a full-fledged war. There, the war. They really are very well funded. It's a strategic operation. Um, you know, they they. In other words, this isn't just some ragtag group of individuals. They're they're no. ruthless and they know what no. they're doing. No, this isn't. Uh, this isn't the cartel of watching. Uh, you know, Scarface, you know, and uh, on TV from the, you know, this is, uh, if you go and uh, you can YouTube up and look up the, the Zetas uh, organization, uh, at one time, you know, every one of the, they had multiple armored vehicles, I mean, multiple uh, MRAPs, I mean, they are a very, very formidable uh, a group with a, with a high capacity to wage war, I mean, um uh, that it's not a bunch of guys driving around in 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 jeeps with a uh, with a M60 mounted on the the on the crossbar. It's it is a well organized uh, machine uh, down there, and uh, it's it's not something that uh, I think people get an idea of. It's just uh, some guys you know dealing dealing drugs on the corner. These are this is a international business in in organizations. You know, this is not something that is just your neighborhood dealer down on the on the corner at night, standing under the streetlight selling dime bags to somebody that passes by. You know, this is a these organizations. Uh, they're they're not selling uh, kilos. They're selling, you know, they're selling like pallets worth of you know of, of narcotics and and fentanyl and and methamphetamine and. And, and things. I mean, this is not something that, you know, we're talking billions and billions of, of dollars that are going into that are being made by them illegally. And for every single person that we see, you know, when we say that it's a humanitarian crisis as well, every single person that we see coming over that border uh, is directly benefiting the cartel. And so that's that's the other angle too that everyone wants to say that like but like you were touched touched upon earlier that it's a, a you know it's it's the poor migrants well but they it, there's so much more to this that people really need to start getting a grasp of and the migrants that come over you know that I believe you've touched on before the uh, the wristbands you know and there's different colors of wristbands and that is different amounts of money that they owe the cartels that they have to work off when they get into the United States. So when they get processed, you know, and then they, you know, they get released into, you know, like there was three or four plane loads that were released into the Abilene not too long ago. So uh, when those uh, migrants are released into Abilene and they owe the cartel that amount of money, well, how are they going to pay that back? Well, they're going to commit burglaries. They're going to start selling drugs. They're going to steal this. You know, they're going to, they may, they may actually have to uh, commit a homicide. You know, you don't know, but they're indebted to these cartels for getting them over here. Maybe they didn't, you know, they, they didn't have the money to pay for the, uh, the trip to, to get across the river because the cartel is the one that controls that passage across that river. No doubt about it. No one crosses there without paying someone from the cartel. And if on the other side of the river, there is just stacks and stacks and stacks of identifications from people that have just thrown them down and just gotten rid of them. Because why? It's easier to get processed into the United States if you don't have any identification and not they don't know where you come from. So there's just, I mean, just piles of, of IDs from every different country, you know, and... Uh, 
it's easier to get in if you have a child. So sometimes children are just picked up and taken across. And once they get processed in, well, the child is just discarded because it's not their kid. They just used them to get across and get processed. And so the child's just out there just, you know, on their own or sold and, you know, sold back to the cartel and used again and again, again. and again to get someone across. And, and and people don't understand that this is not families coming here to open up stores to 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 uh, to integrate into the American lifestyle and and some may be a small percentage but a lot of them are just employees of the cartel that's what they are <clears throat> and 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 to you know to that point that's why it's, it's just so hard but there was a case just in Round Rock not too long ago um, of, of a burglary case where the woman broke in um, and then when she was picked up that was the reason she said I have a debt to pay it is perpetual bondage we talk about this all the time and a lot of that identification is on our side of the river I've collected quite a lot of it um, I have a whole bin full <laughs> unfortunately because there's um, a lot of information on there and 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 not not very many of them are from Mexico either. They're exactly like you said, from Russia. Ch I've seen uh, people from China coming over with my own two eyes in Laredo, um, right. Afghanistan, you know, uh, just so from Georgia. I mean, all over, all over. Um, and then again, they're not staying there along the border. They're coming to our towns. And it's not just the, the individuals. It's not just the people. Um, it, it is also the, the gangs, the big gang members and the drugs. And, and especially the drugs is a big thing for, for your area. Now, let me ask you this, and I, I, I want to get into one of the public service announcements that you guys um, had put out back on July the 18th. Um, it was a, a group effort with uh, DPS um, of Wichita Falls and Baylor County, and it looks like a, a methamphetamines uh, were picked up. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to, I, I don't want to like word it word for word, but it was narcotics trafficking and multiple possessions of controlled substance arrest. Uh, you were advised on the case since December of 2021. <clears throat> and uh, of course, DHS was also involved, CBP, like, and, and, and again, how far, really quick to kind of set the stage, how far is Throckmorton County from the border? Eight Just hours. really quick. It's about eight hours. About an eight hour drive. Yes. Okay. So then, can you give a little bit more on yeah. like this kind of case? Okay, that I started that investigation in, uh, like I said, December of 2021, and uh, it progressed uh, rather rapidly um, for a little bit, and uh, it mean just I mean it just started rolling, and uh, it uh, soon turned into uh, more than just in Throckmorton County. It was. Uh, went into the neighboring counties and then other neighboring counties and other neighboring counties. And it, it involved uh, uh, methamphetamine uh, trafficking. And then, as we kept going, uh, it went on into human trafficking and human smuggling. And by the time that the investigation was completed, which we had the grand jury, um, I believe, uh, earlier this month, um, it had we had arrest and seizures from Wilbarger County, which is up near the Oklahoma border, all the way to uh, to Del Rio uh, and span that span that distance from one end of the state to the other uh, and involved uh, seizing uh, 
uh, like multiple, multiple, 14 to 15 kilos of liquid methamphetamine at a time, multiple arrests, rescuing people from uh, human trafficking and, and sex trafficking. But it started in a small county like Throckmorton, just on uh, on a delivery and, and a, just a, a, a local guy and just, and just kept going and going and going and just kept the... Uh, uh, Kept the uh, I just kept going and going until I found the end of it. I wasn't going to let it to just be. Criminals don't respect county lines, all right, and they don't respect jurisdictional lines. And I was going to follow this until I could find the end of it. And so when we got to the Texas border, I thought, well, I might better let those guys go over there that can actually go over the border. <laughs> you know, I've kind of lost authority over there. But uh, it, it was great cooperation between uh, uh, CID in Wichita Falls uh, out of DPS and with CPB and with uh, with Homeland. And we all cooperated together and shared information. And, uh, and, uh, and I think it was about, you know, 30 to 40 arrests that we made. And... Um, and uh, it was a, it was a very elaborate and long investigation, but uh, I feel it was worth it. And uh, if you know, I'm sure there'll be someone else that'll take their spot, but I'm sure that I'll be right there to knock them down too. That is, and that's just that started with one one person, one yes. case, and you, that's like pulling that string, and it just keeps going and going and getting longer and longer. And that also just shows, it just illustrates exactly what we're talking about that every single town truly is a border town it is all like there's that massive connection um it's just it wow wow and and one of the things too that i i kind of wanted to touch on and you kind of i mean we, we kind of touched on it if you will um you know when we talk about the strain to the rural county areas to every county uh every law enforcement every, every you know sheriff's office and pd's office throughout this throughout the state um, you know that 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 this border invasion has inflicted um, is the the lack of resources and lack of you know lack of of, of people to be able to work these counties. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I I realized very quickly, and it made sense, and I say this because I'm not I'm not anyone special. I, I'm just a homeschooling mom, right? That's like literally just like God said go, and I went, and then here we are. Um, yeah. You know, and it's kind of morphed into all these things, but. One of the things that I, I realized very quickly too is how much the rural counties really do, and I'm in I'm in a metroplex area too. So, how much the rural counties really do depend on DPS forces? And I think that one of the things that maybe many people may not think about um, as well that I caught on very early on was that as as the state of Texas has had to step up in so many ways to do what the federal government refuses to do. It also puts other areas like like Throckmorton County makes it even more vulnerable because now DPS is having to pull back and the forces are having to go down there to the immediate border um, and aid with that and and it leaves your area even more vulnerable when you guys really do depend on that assistance um, as well. It's definitely hard. I mean, especially when they were deploying like every two weeks. Uh, in this region here, uh, I mean, there was sometimes uh, that if we needed, if we had a, a, a fatality crash or a bad crash, or if we needed backup, uh, well, that backup's ninety miles away. 
you know, because that just happened to be the county. There's that, uh, they have several counties that, that that are in this particular region that, that Throckmorton is covered by. And that may happen to be where that trooper is at that day, uh, that because the rest of them are on the border. And so if, if you've got someone at gunpoint or if you're needing backup or find somebody on the ground, you better be able to hold your own for 90 minutes because that's how long it's going to take for uh, for backup to get there. And, you know, it's not any fault of theirs. I mean, uh, uh, they have to follow orders and uh, they... Uh, they they have a job to do at, at the direction of the the governor of, of Texas, and it does it does leave a void um, in rural Texas. Uh, there are some days here uh, still uh, that I am the only one in the county. I mean that I am completely by myself. I mean uh, no one is here uh, other than me, and uh, and so that is. Uh, 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 it's stressful, you know, knowing that for, for one, for those days, say it's two days, you know, for 48 hours, you're the only one that's going to be here. You know, you can call for help, but there's not going to be anyone. But you also have to know that uh, you've got to do whatever you've got to do to go home at the end of the night. And um, But uh, one thing that you realize is that uh, in rural Texas, in, in uh is that we work a lot alone anyway, and so a, a lot of us have been uh, have adapted to being by ourselves a lot because our counties are so big, and and we don't have a lot of personnel that we have adapted to working by ourselves anyway. Uh, it's not like um, a city where if you call for backup, twelve guys show up to help you. I mean, that's never going to happen in rural Texas. Um, but. You know, the DPS, when they were being deployed to, uh, and the Parks and Wildlife, Texas Parks and Wildlife, you know, they were being deployed as well. And uh, it, it, it put a strain on rural Texas. I will tell you that that 100% it did. And, uh, um, but the thing about out here is that you've got to grit and people out in, in rural Texas that we're going to manage and we're going to get by and we'll, we'll figure out how to deal with it. And that's exactly what we did. Assaults of the earth kind of people. And, and I, I just, these are my kind of people. I'm, I'm hoping to make it out there to your area um, and, and, and hopefully get to come see y'all's beautiful courthouse. And uh, yeah, maybe, maybe stop by your office. But I, I mean, I say that too, because it just shows once again, how, how all of Texas really is impacted at no fault, really, truly, and honestly, like you said, of our own. I mean, DPS has a job to do. Uh, but it shows and they're doing it uh, just like you're doing your job, just like so many other sheriffs and, and police chiefs are doing their jobs. They're doing the absolute best that they can with the circumstances that they're given. Um, and it's so but it's just one other way that even hundreds, eight hours away from the border, you know, uh, it, all over the place, every small county is feeling this impact uh, where now you still have the regular crime right? Uh, the everyday regular crime yeah. that you got to deal with. But then on top of that, now we've got the escalating problems, you know, that, that the border crisis uh, brings along with it. And then in addition to that, we're so strapped, every agency is strapped. Um, there, there's not enough manpower. There's just, everyone is literally doing the best that they can in every area of Texas is directly impacted in some way, shape or form. 
Right. And then, you know, then you want to, you know, with the upcoming legislative session, you don't know what new laws are going to come out uh, that, that and mandates that we'll have to uh, have to look at, you know. And, you know, uh, we've talked about, you know, gun confiscation before and how I feel about that. And, and I wanted uh, to get into that. I yeah. figured that this was a good segue to get into that. If yeah. I can kind of like, seg- yeah. because this is one of the things, and I shared that post, mm-hmm. um, you know, right now, especially out of the, <clears throat> out of the, it, it, it's actually out, out of the red flag laws that were coming out of DC and Texas has a little bit more of a buffer uh, from some of the legislation that was put into place a while back. But, you know, we need the constitutional sheriffs um, to, to take a stand. And you, uh, you, your office put out a public service announcement back on June 21st. I'm gonna read, uh, I guess, just a little bit of it here. Um, and you said halfway through, I am, not a, I am not a federal agent and by law cannot enforce federal laws or mandates. I am the duly elected sheriff of Throckmorton County in the state of Texas the sheriff is the highest ranking law enforcement officer in the county they are elected uh, they are elected to and no one is higher according to the constitution so to clarify my position i will protect the god-given rights of the citizens of throckmorton county state of texas to possess a firearm as stated in article 1 section 23 of the texas constitution every quote every citizen shall have the right to keep and bear arms in the lawful defense of himself or the state. I will do this even if it cost me my freedom and even if it cost my life. And I have sworn an oath to not only the citizens of Throckmorton County, the citizens of Texas in the United States Constitution, but to the Lord Almighty to protect and defend the rights of the citizens. I will do this even if standing alone because I am willing to stand for the citizens' rights and hopefully the citizens are willing to stand with me as their rights are also my rights. And so, the, and that's just half of it. I mean, it's it's this public, I mean, I literally cried because I'm like every single sheriff in the state of uh, the great state of Texas should be making similar statements because you are the highest ranking in your county um and you are that that buffer that we sorely need and and at a time when everything that we've just talked about the the rising drug uh drug you know rates um the crime uh, all the resources are strapped when literally like in your county with what we just talked about you've got the salt of the earth people that if help is not any any time anywhere near away 90 minutes away they're left to defend for themselves, and then you got the federal government trying to say, "Well, we're going to go ahead and take away your 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 right to defend yourself." And you took that hard stance. I will be quiet and let you speak on this because it's well, amazing. And and that came in, that came about because I had a lot of citizens asking me about. Uh, there was talk about uh, President Biden putting in some, you know, new restrictions on. Uh, AR-15s and 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 other uh, t- rifle types like that, and 
And then they started talking about red flag laws. Well, first, I'm going to clarify my stance on red flag laws. They are 100% in my mind unconstitutional. You cannot deprive a person of property or freedom without due process. Uh, and uh, we had this discussion with some sheriffs down at the conference. Um, you show me in the penal code where it is against the law for someone to be, uh, for lack of a better word, crazy. It's not in there, so it's not against the law for someone that has uh, mental issues to, to possess a firearm. Now, it may not, but uh, now if they're out in the roadway and they're, you know, swinging it around a gun, that's another offense. That's reckless conduct. That's already an offense. But just because someone may say something about someone, that, that guy's a little off or that person's a little, you're opening up, up, up a, a can of worms of, that, that just can't be opened, Pandora's box, so to speak. You can have, uh, you know, ex-wives, ex-girlfriends, ex-husbands, ex-boyfriends, you know. You can have angry neighbors saying all sorts of things about people. You can have people that are on one side of the aisle or the other talking about the other side of the aisle. And where does it stop? I mean, yeah, it's say, like, well, that guy's got a stockpile of weapons and ammunition. So what? Where does it say that in the Constitution or the law that he can't? It doesn't. All right. What law is he is he breaking? He's not. Why should they anybody be able to go in there and deprive him of his property without due process? They can't. That's why red flag laws, in my opinion, and and if you just read the Constitution, you'll come to the same conclusion that you know it's unconstitutional. All of them. I mean, no matter how you word them, one hundred percent unconstitutional. And they'll say, well, it's for the greater good. Well, I believe they also said that. And, uh, you know, Stalin said that. Hitler said that. Uh, Mao said that. A lot of people said, dictators said, we're doing this for the greater good. Well, you know, uh, the greater good isn't always good for everyone. And if, if you're violating someone's constitutional rights just because of you may be safer, you know, or that you think that that guy's dangerous, well, you know, for one, he has to commit a crime. All right, you know, and he has to be tried in court by a jury of his peers and be convicted. And then if he becomes a felon, then he cannot possess a firearm. Then we have an offense that's in the penal code of the state of Texas. You know, uh, but just saying that this guy may be dangerous. I know a lot of dangerous people that wouldn't hurt a fly, you know, but I mean, I mean, I say dangerous because, you know, I mean, they jump motorcycles. You I mean, that's dangerous to me. You I mean, I mean, anybody that rides a Bronx to me is dangerous because I'm not getting on that thing. But uh, bull riders, you know, but I'll tell you, as far as that, you know, that is, un I believe, is unconstitutional. Now, now defending the, my citizens here, you are 100% correct. I will, if it costs me my freedom or my life, I will defend their right to possess the, to possess a firearm or any other constitutional right. And I've, I've already told my DA, if any federal agent comes to Throckmorton County uninvited, you know, and attempts to confiscate a firearm, I'm going to arrest them for theft of a firearm. And if they go into a residence, I'm going to arrest them for burglary of a habitation. And we'll see where that goes from there. But I'll tell you right now that... Uh, this is not uh, negotiable. This is not something I'm going to compromise on. This is the the rights that are passed down. These are not rights given to you by the the state. 
you have a right to defend yourself by nature. All right, you have a right to defend your family by nature. Do you think that in uh, in early times, when if a bear was attacking a family, you had to go ask the head chief of the tribe, "Hey, can I do, can I keep that bear from attacking my family?" No, you did what you had to do. You know, you have a right to defend yourself and your family against all things. You know, these are not rights that are given to you by the government. These are rights that are given to you by the Lord above. And and that's why that they are rights that cannot be taken away. You cannot take away a a person's rights to defend themselves. That's why it says shall not be infringed. But see, the Texas law, the Texas Constitution, they worded it better. They said that a citizen of Texas... Texas has a right to possess a firearm in defense of their person or defense of their state. No other, that says right there, boom, point blank. Defense of their person, defense of their state, point blank. I go by by the Texas Constitution, all right? I'm a Texas officer, all right? Do not come in, I mean, I didn't, I mean, and I don't think it will come to that, all right? Because um, it's, I believe that there are enough uh, level-headed uh, politicians that uh, in Washington after November that will uh, prevent that from happening, and I believe that there's enough level-headed politicians in 2024 that will prevent that from happening. But uh, uh, when the when the helm changes, when the, we change hands, but uh, I just think that. Um, it's kind of like I'll go back to the mask deal, you know, with the wearing of the mask stuff. You know, you need to wear a mask so I feel so I won't get sick. You know, it's kind of like saying uh, you need to go take a take a an aspirin so your neighbor won't get a headache. You know, it's kind of along the same thing. I mean, you know, whatever, you know, these red flag laws are just ridiculous when they, when they brought them up. I mean, it's just another, it's just another way to control the populace and, and, and can, and keep the firearms down. Um, and, but uh, Texas is not going to allow that happen. I mean, well, and that's, and that's exactly why we need, that's why you are such a breath of fresh air. And that's exactly why we need strong constitutional uh, sheriffs, just like the great Sheriff Doc, Doc Wigginson, you know, to, to stand because you are the last line of defense uh, well, for your citizens. Well, that's one thing that, you know, as sheriffs, you know, and constitutional sheriffs, we need to take back the power that a lot of sheriffs have given away. Uh, they've given away power to, uh, you know, whether it be to their commissioners, to their county judge, to their, to the DPS, to the, to, uh, uh, to legislators, whoever. But, you know, they need to take that power and, and go and read the Constitution of Texas and find out what their, what authority they truly do have. I mean, they, they are the top elected official in the county. Now, some county judges might not like to hear that, but you go and find out that they have the most power in the county, period, all right? Not a commissioner, not a judge, but a sheriff, all right? You know, and and other agencies, whether it be, you know, DPS, whether it be, they are, you know, they, they when they, the sheriff is the, it says, the Chief law enforcement officer within the county. 
So that means that there is no one higher within that county than the sheriff. There was a ruling sometime back, I believe, I can't remember the case number, that said even within, even the sheriff has more power as a law enforcement officer than the president of the United States when within the county that he is elected in because the people in that county put him in that position. So the sheriffs of the state need to go and take back the power under the Constitution that they've given away and read the Constitution and say, look, it's time for us to take a stand and it's time to, for us to say, look, no more. And, and put your citizens' rights first and know that these citizens that you're that put you there it is a a they put you in that position and it is a privilege and an honor to be one of 254 in the state of texas one of 254 that's a very elite club Mm -hmm. and 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 you know i want to just i want to just share the weekly bible verse because i think it's very applicable because we have to be courageous, but then it's also incumbent then upon the citizens to also then rally behind our constitutional sheriffs, um, you know, and support our law enforcement that are doing what they should be doing, like yourself. Um, and I want to touch on that as we close, but I want to share the weekly Bible verse that my my daughter uh, chose. She she chose First Corinthians twenty eight twenty, and that's another thing that your office puts out. Uh, consistently is Bible verses as well. And I just, I love and appreciate that so much. And we need to put God back in every area in our schools and, and I mean, everywhere. Um, but first Corinthians twenty eight twenty, be strong and courageous and do it. Like just simply do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed for the Lord God is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. And if that is not a strong Bible verse about having courage and about standing in the face, uh, and when that, that when you said in your public statement, even if I stand alone, that's courage, that's courage. And so I just, I just had to share, I wanted to go ahead and just, usually I save it for right at the end, but I just had to go ahead and just, because it yeah. is courageous and thank you for serving the great citizens of Throckmorton County and, and, and the great citizens of Texas, because as you take your stand, you're also taking a stand for my family and our rights. Um, and we also have a great, uh, the Sheriff Wayborn uh, is my, my sheriff. He's an amazing Very good, sheriff. Very good guy. Yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, I absolutely respect him and his office as well. Um, and, and I had the pleasure of, of meeting him not too long ago, and I will stand by him because he has he has he has done some amazing things here, starting the 287G program, starting the human and sex trafficking uh, task force over here. Uh, we need to get rally behind our, our sheriffs and and raise them up and stand behind them and make sure that we're voting in the right sheriffs, the right constitutional sheriffs, because it is a very powerful position uh, and that that's that's not a duty to take lightly. Uh, at all. But how can people follow you or your office? Um, and then also, how can we support not just like your citizens support you in Throckmorton County? I can't imagine why I, I can I can just imagine I, I've seen the response from your citizens on, on the on your y'all's Facebook page. Uh, it looks like y'all have no 
no shortage of love from your citizens. Uh, that's for sure. But for someone even like, a, you know, I'm an activist, right? How can we also support our those constitutional sheriffs um, in offices like your own as well? Well, you know, you, of course, you can always follow our Facebook page. You know, it's just Throckmore County Sheriff's Office. And um, I would say, you know, find out who your local sheriff is and and schedule an appointment and just, you know, kind of talk to them and find out if they're a constitutional sheriff. You know, there is a uh, organization called the Constitutional Sheriff's, Sheriffs and Officers Association that you can go to, and there's a questionnaire on there that you can download or print that there are questions that you can take to your local sheriff to see if they are a, uh, a constitutional sheriff, um, which is a very good questionnaire. Uh, another thing is that when your sheriff uh, has something going on um, locally, uh, whether it be a speaking event, uh, go out, get involved in local government, uh, you know, go to the commissioner meetings, you know, go to the city council meetings, find out what's happening in your community. Um, and then, and, and, you know, the sheriff, you know, don't be afraid to engage him, you know, uh, talk to him, talk to him, you know, um, you know, it, really, really, really find out who your elected officials are and what their beliefs are. I mean, um, I say that, uh, there, there are some politicians, and I am not a politician by far in any way, shape, or form. There are two things I'm terrible at, and, and that is golf and politics, and I don't do either one of them anymore. But uh, uh, but go out and find out on your elected officials. Uh, I say that there are some that uh, they put on a facade when it comes about three to four months before election, you know, about who you they they present a facade of who you they want to them to be you know they take on a a that you want this person to be that so that's who they're going to be at that time well the next person they're going to be this you want what you want to do is you want to observe those elected officials all year round and find out which ones are real and which ones are fake i mean and that's the thing is that i mean if they're not consistent all year round day in day out uh i mean you want to know who your people are uh, even if you've known them a long time you know but I would say with your sheriff, you know, go down, talk with them, um, and just make it make it a point that if there's a, a thing, uh, any an event that's going on in in your county, go to it. You know, if your if your state rep comes to your county, go get involved. If your senator comes to your county, go get involved. All right, ask them questions. You know, uh, and if they don't give you the answer that you want, say hey. I love your answer, but that's not what the question I asked. You know, ask them the question again. I mean, uh, you remember that, you know, these, everybody is elected, you know, and so they all, you know, they all have to get back in office. And so really, you, don't be afraid to, to engage them and say, listen, that's not the question I asked, but uh, ask the question. And, and, you know, I have no problem. I, I mean, as, as you probably will see, I have no problem just saying what's exactly is on my mind. And, and you know, some people get, you know, it rubs some people the wrong way. But, uh, you know, they chose to get rubbed the wrong way. Uh, if they got offended, they chose to be offended. You know, I, I, I don't say anything that is meant to be offensive. Sometimes people just take it that way. But, you know, that's on them. Uh, I, uh, uh, I don't get offended by anything. 
I mean, anybody says to me whatsoever, I never get offended. My, my father told me a long time ago, if you get offended by what people say, you're giving someone control over you for that just that split second and never give someone control over you. And so I don't. And so I don't get offended by anything. If I, I do agree to disagree a lot, and I think that that is a an attribute that we have lost in, in conversation that uh, now people, when they disagree, they have to become mortal enemies and, 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 and they, well, I'm defriending you. Well, I don't even know what that means, but okay, go ahead. But I mean, uh, I just think that if you want to get involved and with your County and you want to really make a difference, then, uh, then you'll make, you'll make the meetings and, and you'll find out and you might even decide to throw your hat in the ring and run. You know, it takes a lot of prayer and it takes a lot of soul searching. But I'll tell you this: <clears throat> there are people, and I'm going to say this about. And there is a, he, I met and got to talk with him a lot this past week, and uh, that's the, the sheriff of Zapata County. And I will tell you that man, and his family's been threatened by the cartels. Um, his uh where they were nearly kidnapped i mean i mean he is um he's trying to make a difference as much as he can he goes to work every day he's he is making a difference in the lives of the people that he's helping in the sex trafficking and 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 i will tell you right now that if you want to find out what's going on the border this goes for um anybody that may be listening in the legislation you go to zapata county all right, you go to Zapata County and you find out the real, you find out the real where the cameras aren't. That's where the action, that, that is where the real heartbreak and the real, the real tragedy is, is occurring in Zapata County. You go down there and you see those guys, those deputies that come to work every day knowing that the next day is going to be exactly the same. You know, there's going to be bodies and there's going to be children floating and there's going to be, it's going to be terrible. And it's just going to be something that you're going to have to deal with your entire life. And I, my hat's off to them and I have great respect for those guys because they do it. And it takes a special type of person to be in law enforcement, especially nowadays. And unfortunately, you know, we there's not a lot of us old school guys left. But, and I'm going to end on this. And my wife knows that uh, unfortunately, in my life, it's God, duty, family. Because I just, I mean, that's just the way it has to be right now. Because, you know, earlier in my life, you know, it was God, family, duty. But right now it has to be duty because we did just celebrate our 31st wedding anniversary. So in my Congratulations. Fact, it was Wednesday, actually, but... And she understands that, but uh, but right now it has to be my my allegiance to God, my allegiance to my duty, and then my family, because this is such a crisis that I have to put everybody else's wants and needs in front of my wants and needs because the state, the the county, and the state's needs are far greater than mine. And 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 I got to meet your lovely bride uh, a while back as well, um, and God bless you um, and and your family, your wife the great citizens of Throckmorton County and every single sheriff and law enforcement officer that, that, that puts on that badge every single day and our border patrol, um, you know, that puts on that badge every single day and they are just 
it's a hard time. It is a very hard time and everything is against them. And, and even just a simple thank you um, really does go a very long way. Um, so I, I just, I appreciate you. I, I know the viewers today, I, I know are probably just so refreshed, like a breath of fresh air. So, and I know that you are just very, very busy and I know that you guys just got back. So thank you very much for spending some of your time with us and, and going over how, you know, Throckmorton County is directly impacted in the impact to our overall great state and being also that voice for, for fellow sheriffs as well, uh, sharing those stories that, that, that really a lot of people may not hear and may not realize. So thank you for everything that you are doing. God bless you. Well, it was my pleasure to be here and I appreciate you having me on and, and, um, I'll, I want to end in the same way I ended my speech at the, uh, at the sheriff's conference. Uh, let's go, Brandon. Yes. <laughs> you are so great. You see, you're just so great. Well, I, I really hope that I get to make it up there sometime soon. I say up there, over there sometime yeah. soon. Um, and, and hopefully get to see, you know, get to see your county, uh, and, I, I really hope that I get to do that soon. I'm putting that on my wish list. So I'm going to declare that it's going to happen. And, oh, I, I would love to. All over this great state I've been, this this journey has brought me all over this great state. Uh, and, and has, I've been able and blessed to get to know people like yourself. So uh, thank you so very much. Please tell your wife we said hello. Thank you so much for everything. Well, it was my pleasure and it was an honor. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You have a good night. You too. All right, guys. So that was a treasure. I, I, I have so much respect for Sheriff Doc, uh, Doc Wigington. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. A quick few little quick things there. We just had, speaking of which, uh, to piggy tail off of the importance of what Sheriff Wigington was just talking about. We had we just put out a new action item August 10th down there in Eagle Pass. Uh, the Senate Border Security Committee hearing will be taking not just uh, invited testimony, but most importantly, public testimony. Um, so if you guys have a moment, please go to securetheborder.us. It's right at the um, at the top of the page. As a matter of fact, let me share that really quick. Go to securetheborder.us. Go to the Take Action tab. We have the social media. And of course, I don't know why it's not wanting to share. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Uh, there we go. Go to securetheborder.us, go to the take action tab, and then go, you will see the social media flyer, the call to action, the Texas Senate Committee on Border Security will be hearing um, and accepting public testimony. It's going to be on August 10th at 8.30 a.m. at Eagle Pass International Center of Trade. So if you guys can please make it out there, if you are unable to attend and testify in person, we also have on the website, just right, right below that, we've done this a few times, where submit your personal impact story. I don't care where you live. Somewhere in Texas, if you live somewhere in Texas, you are being directly impacted. Um, and so submit your personal testimony here. What we will do with this, like we've already got about 30 um, before, uh, that we print them out. We, we hand them in directly to the state legislators that are hearing anything border related, done it to the Public Education Committee, have done it to um, the Rural Affairs Committee on both the Senate and the House side. They want to hear from you. They need to hear from you. They work for you. 
so let your voice be heard and let them know how you are being directly impacted. So that is coming up on August the 10th in Eagle Pass. And then of course, we also have the upcoming Border 911 event that's going to be August the 27th in Houston. Um, I will be sharing the stage, uh, but I'll be on a panel, an information panel. So you'll get to see little me um, live and in person, but then you also get to see some other much more bigger names than myself, like Tom Holman, General Flynn, um, uh, Victor Avila will also be there, several, uh, Jason Jones, several others. And you guys can go to, I have that up, here it goes, order911.com to register for that, that is coming up on August 27th in Houston. And then, <clears throat> because anyone needs a reason to go to the Hill Country, Fredericksburg Tea Party, they are having their annual Boots and Barbecue uh, fundraiser. Those are some amazing patriots. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was had encountered a lot of the Angela and uh, Matt Long um, and so many others just this last, oh wait, no wait, I lost it. Here it is. Okay, there we go. Um, while we were down at the Capitol testifying um, for the Education Committee, this is going to be Saturday, September the 17th. This is their annual uh, fundraiser, and they have chosen Alliance for a Safe Texas to be the beneficiary of their 10% uh, for of their fundraising. So come out there, come see Chip Roy, Jason Jones, Wade Miller, and uh, previous Senator Don Huffines as well will also be speaking. So again, if you need a reason to visit the Hill Country, I just gave you one. I don't need I don't need to be pressured too hard, but come on out there. Uh, and support Fredericksburg Tea Party, you can go to fredericksburgteaparty.org slash events uh, to purchase your tickets for that. So a lot that you guys can be doing. And, and then of course, go to the Take Action tab, go there uh, on the securetheborder.us, find ways to get active, engaged, and involved. And uh, if, uh, of course, if you're able to donate to Alliance for Safe Texas, we are a nonprofit 501c4. There's also a donate tab for that as well. But again, um, like and share the video, share the information, share the action items. I will see you guys down there at the border in Eagle Pass, August 10th, and in all those other great events. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed uh, hearing Sheriff Wigginson um, and, and everything that he had to say. So God bless Texas, and let's continue to do all that we can to secure our sovereign state border and save our sweet and precious Texas. God bless y'all. Y'all have a great night. Thank you. Mexican cartel. Okay. Yeah.
Thank you for your time, and let's go, Brandon.